The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and newborn Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, once again, Merry Christmas, everyone. I'd like to begin tonight with a question, which I hope isn't overly personal. Uh, and the question is, have any of you over the last year um, had, let's call it, an expanding relationship with Netflix? Or maybe Amazon Prime, or perhaps Disney Plus. I want to be platform independent here. Um, in our house, one of the results of the pandemic has been that our evening calendars, usually filled with our children's sporting activities or concerts or other activities, were much more open uh, than usual. And so in addition to puzzles and board games and evening walks, some of that extra time was spent watching specials and series and documentaries on those various streaming platforms. Like many of you, I would imagine we watched specials over the last year about the Chicago Bulls and baking competitions in Britain. We followed the stories of midwives from mid-20th century England. We watched another season about the British royal family. We've seen series about some really bad people, pretty, pretty awful people, and also about people who are trying to make the world a better place. We watched a fascinating documentary about the life lessons that a real octopus taught a diver, and a series about a fictional chess player and addiction. Do any of those sound familiar to you? Did you see some of those shows or specials I'm talking about? 
I got to thinking about those uh, because of a recent series that we just finished watching. It's called The Surgeon's Cut. Maybe some of you have seen it. The series recounts the stories of four real-life surgeons. There's a neonatal surgeon in England, a brain surgeon in Florida at the Mayo Clinic, a heart surgeon in India, and a transplant surgeon in California. My wife and I, Amy, found the four-part series to be gripping and compelling, even if we often had to turn our high eyes from the screen when they showed actual footage of surgeries. The series came out just earlier in December, uh, and although it came out in Decem December, it isn't related at all to Christmas, but watching it got me thinking about what Christmas means and why it matters and why we're celebrating it. Here's what I mean by that. In at least a couple of the stories about those surgeons, it was clear that the surgeons had taken clear and obvious risks. They paved new paths for techniques and developed new practices and procedures and protocols. They didn't always follow the normal or expected script for their specialty, which meant that they also, in one case at least, I'm not saying this was a theme of the whole series, but in one case at least, a surgeon genuinely faced the ridicule and contempt of his peers because of that. So that's the first point. They took risks despite what people might say or think. The second point, why did they take those risks to develop new techniques and practices and procedures? Why would they be willing to face the ridicule and scorn of peers and even of an entire branch of medicine? And the answer to that question is simple. They wanted to save lives. They wanted to ensure that a mother having twins could deliver those twins safely or a child with a hole in his heart could live to see another birthday, or a husband with a tumor in his brain could live to watch his children grow up. So to summarize, the surgeons took risks to save lives. Friends, in a very real way, you could say that that's the story of Christmas too. It's the story of God willingly taking a risk, not caring that his behavior in taking that risk is highly ungodlike, not concerned that he wasn't following the script that the God of the universe should follow, not consumed with holding on to the dignity or reputation of his stature as God. Jesus gave up all of that to become like us. And eventually, as we know, he did face scorn and ridicule and even death. This is all made clear in some of the earliest lines of the New Testament quoted by Paul in the book of Philippians. Here's what he, he lifts up, which came from an earlier hymn. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, or in other translations, to be grasped, or to be held onto, or to be used to his advantage. But instead, Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is the great mystery of our faith, that God became flesh and in the words of the Gospel of John, made his home among us, became like us, 
That's the risk Jesus took. And why did he take it? Because like those surgeons, he wanted to save us. He wanted to heal us. He wanted to restore us to life. And the question for us today on this Christmas Eve is, will we accept his help? In that special about the surgeons, the patients, understandably, were always happy. They were delighted to have the help of the surgeons. When a child may not live or a brain tumor or a heart defect is discovered, we are grateful, understandably grateful, to have doctors and surgeons who can step in to provide a therapy, a surgery, a cure, to hopefully fix whatever it is that ails us. We willingly and gladly submit to them and their expertise to restore us to health. One of our challenges as human beings, though, is that we're not so sure we need any help from God. We're okay, right? We have things under control. We're in charge, after all, aren't we? We don't need any help, do we? It seems to me that if 2020 has reinforced anything, it is that perhaps we are not in as much control as we would like to think. That maybe, just maybe, we do need help. And I'm not talking about help from a vaccine as much as we long for that vaccine to be a reality. And I'm not talking about help from a politician as much as we give thanks, rightly, to those who give their lives to public service. I'm talking about a different kind of help. I'm talking about being healed, being freed, being saved by the God who made us and who knows us better than we know ourselves and who loves us so much that he was willing to become like us and eventually to suffer and die for us. That's why Jesus was born. That's why he came. That's why he took the great risk of becoming human, to help us, to save us. And because he knows that in our pride, we may not be willing to accept his help, he wisely comes in the form of a cute little baby to get past the well-constructed defenses we've built to protect and guard ourselves and keep us from being vulnerable. We look into his eyes in the manger and we think, how cute, how cuddly, how harmless and innocent. After all, he's just a baby, right? And so he is. And yes, we rightly celebrate the wonder and joy and mystery of his birth tonight. But make no mistake, this little baby will grow up. And when he does, he will ask something of you. He has come, after all, not simply to save you, but to invite you to participate in a grand adventure, to be part of his continuing work to transform and heal and save the world. The question for you this Christmas is, will you let him in? Will you open your heart to him? In the anthem we're about to hear, the poet Christina Rossetti provides us with some memorable lines about this season, reminding us, among other things, that heaven cannot hold this God who takes this great risk to become like us. And she ends her poem 
by asking, what can I give him? Her answer is that she can give this infant Jesus her heart. Now, we may hear that line as if we are expected to give Jesus our heart as a gift to him, as if he needs it. And as far as it goes, I suppose there's something kind of beautiful about a gesture like that. I wonder, though, if we might think of it differently this Christmas. Maybe it's not so much that we're offering our heart to Jesus as a gift, but rather that we are offering our heart to him so that he can, as our great physician, heal it and restore it and make it whole. Brothers and sisters, may the joy and wonder of Jesus' birth once again make your hearts new. Merry Christmas.